0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, November 17, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. There's a lot of stuff going on on this chart. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about the bull case. We're going to talk about the bear case. We're going to talk about what they did today. We're going to also talk about what they didn't do today. Because sometimes, in fact, most of the time, what they don't do, what they can't do, what they fail to do, is relevant to why they're doing what they're doing. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. As usual, we're going to start with the daily chart and notice what jumps off the page at us. The first thing we notice is we have two lines on the screen. 358.75, that one's been there for a while, and it continues to be important. The second one is 362. And when we get to inside the numbers, you'll see that that was deemed resistance this afternoon. And it was, in fact, resistance this afternoon. Interestingly enough, they didn't get to 362. They should have got to 362. So that's one of the things that we have to notice. They didn't do it. They could have done it. They came up short. Why did they come up short? It's all part and parcel to some of the things, the reasons, the excuses, all that stuff that we're going to discuss about what the market's doing and what the next likely scenario is, how we're going to interpret the tape, how we're going to read the tape. We can't get the full breadth from the daily chart, so we will drill down to other charts. Let's pan back a little bit and discuss what we have on our hands that hasn't changed. Last Monday, We had a big failure, a big breakdown candle. We had a gap in crap. So therefore, what that created was a scenario where we could have seen further selling. We could have seen a bear flag and we could have seen a bearish wedgish type of formation develop running a test near the high or at the high of the breakdown candle. We're seeing the latter of the three. They didn't quite get to the top yesterday, but they've been making an effort. Are they done making an effort? That's the $100,000 question, maybe the $64,000 question. If they're done making a test and they're going to come back down, there's a lot more meat on the bone for the sellers. Let's say for a moment they are finished going up and they're going to come back down. What would be the target on the downside? Now, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. doesn't have to be within two days. But what would a target on the downside be from a symmetrical standpoint, and from the standpoint of everything else we use in the toolbox. The first order of business would be to pay a visit down around the 350 neighborhood. That's a 100 handles. That's S and S&P handles away. We're about seven days removed from last Monday's gap and crap. So we have to be on guard that time is more important than price. We're in that zone where we could be looking for another drop or on the flip side. And here's where we have to be the umpire and we have to look at both sides of the tape. Before we do that, before we look at the north side of the tape, how do we know whether the market's failing? How do we know is getting below, the market that is, is getting below certain important numbers that will then become resistance and the tide will have shifted? Where is that number? What are those zones? Well, from the 30,000 foot view and inside the numbers members will have more refined numbers early in the morning. However, from a 30,000 foot view perspective the night before or at night after the close of business we can say two things leading into at least Wednesday's activity. There's a couple of things extremely important on the board. 358.75 which was the former high You can see how they ran a test today, but they closed back above it. Getting below, closing hourly below, and then certainly closing daily below would be a warning signal. It's like shooting a flare up in the air. Here's one of those other things that they didn't do today, by the way. So check this out. So there's a gap right underneath that former high at 358.75. The gap happens to be... 358.10. So we'll just call it a round number of 358. Some of the intraday charts, the number of the gap is slightly lower. We're calling it 358 for argument's sake. So let's say they can spike 358.75, but if they fill the gap and bounce back off, To the northern side, that's fine. That's bullish behavior. But what happens if they start getting below and closing hourly and then daily below that gap? That's more of a telltale sign. You'd be below the former high, below a gap that was missed today, meaning they came up short. At first blush, that's bullish behavior. However, if they come back down to pay a visit and don't bounce off, that's your tell for more southern price action. So for all intents and purposes, 358 is a line in the sand. From a psychological perspective, the big fat round number of 360, which also coincides with ES3600, that's the S&P contract, that's the futures, 360 in the SPY, these are important areas more so from a psychological perspective. So from an intraday perspective, early in the morning, for example, if they begin giving up the big fat round number, that's again your first hint, that's a first signal, it's a sign. What about the other side of the tape? What about the north side? What about the bull case? Before we move over to another chart, the first thing I'll say is, how come they haven't really been rejected from around the vicinity of the breakdown candle high? Why are they still up here? Doesn't mean they can't get rejected overnight or into Wednesday. Certainly they can. I'm just saying these are the things that we have to think about. Are they doing something unique up here? We have to uncover or unpack it more. We have to peel back the onion. So let's take a look at another chart. All of a sudden, you get slightly different picture when you bring up a 120-minute chart. What do I mean by that? Well... You've basically been running sideways, eating time off the clock like this for a couple of days. Now, before you did that, you moved higher. So what that created was a flagpole and the sideways is a flag. So you have some kind of bullish flaggish thing going. Why is that important? Well, what are they doing? What are they potentially doing? Unless they fail. So unless they get below the former high at 358.75 and the gap we just discussed. But if they don't do that and they continue eating time off the clock, what they're doing is they're building energy to do what? To bust through an area that they would have trouble normally getting through. So it's taking time. Why is that important? Because I always say time is more important than price. This is how we read the market. What you don't need is a laundry list of indicators purchased at, you know where, Joe's Indicator Shop. We need price, we need time, we need candlesticks, we need some moving averages, and that's all we need. Other than that, we need some common sense, we need some logic, and we need some good old-fashioned hard work. Switching over to a 240-minute chart, we see the same thing we saw on the 120. It's just compressed a little bit. You can see what they're doing. And by the way, so here's another thing. You had this breakdown candle high. I believe we discussed this last night. 361.78. So here, you can see where into yesterday's close, guess what? They closed above that price. Now, is this a failure to close back below, or is it a tip-off that they close back above, that they're going to be back later, but they are just not finished eating time off the clock. Well, guess what? That's how I'm reading it. It's time to go over inside the numbers. What we're going to do here is go over in detail a couple of things that took place today in the commentary. Then we'll take a look at stocks on the move. We're starting with the pre-market commentary. Not a lot here. It's turnaround Tuesday, and we've got a slight wake-up red on our hands. What does that smell like? It smells like opportunity. Was there an opportunity on the board? You betcha. Let's move along and you can decide for yourself where the opportunity was. So the early thoughts, let's talk S&P and stuff. They're already flirting with the big fat round number of 3600. That's also 360. And what we're saying is, as they get closer to the opening bell, there's going to be more war games at that spot. The bull-bear battle ensues around the big, fat, round numbers. Bulls have it above, bears have it below. It's not that that number is extremely important in and of itself, but from a psychological perspective, we always see a bull-bear battle around the big, fat, round numbers. So we've come to expect what? The same. So what we're saying is... 360 is resistance until and unless they get above and they stay above. That's a different story. Once they're below in the pre-market and at the opening bell, if they're below at the opening bell, it is resistance. Now, if so, what we're doing is we're saying the market's weak and they should pay a visit down to some lower numbers. You might not see all that here in the notes, but that's what you'll see as the notes go along. Then we begin to uncover or unpack some of the numbers down below. Let's go over a couple of them. The first one of importance, 358.60, give or take. Now, that is basically the same spot as the 358.75, yet it's derived a different way from a different source for a different reason. So, when two numbers come out to the same spot, it usually enhances the importance of that spot. However, This morning, you have to take into account in real time what's going on. Why wasn't that spot the best buy on the board first thing in the morning? And you'll see it in the notes, but I'm going to give it to you in so many words because you're having a big gap down relatively speaking you're also have a gap down below the price that we just mentioned not too far below 358 give or take so therefore when there's a gap that close we want to say well the gap's going to act magnetic so it makes sense that velocity early in the morning volume spike you have a gap down they'll probably reach the gap so that's the safer play then one notch below that You have the 357.50 area. We haven't talked about that, but that was on the board bright and early. Price never got down to either of the bottom two numbers, but that was the third number on the board. And that, or at least something above that, a spike of 358 is what you'll see in the notes. That was my buy zone. They never got to the buy zone. However, traders certainly hopped on the short side at what? at the big fat round number when they spiked over it after the open. How do I know that? Because we talked about it in the notes. So let's move it along and find out what the heck he's talking about. So here again, I gave you the summary. So where's the spot? You see, I'm going to reiterate some of the numbers in so many words. I use different phrases. I try and add some color to the day. Let's finish this so you can see the rest of the post at 9.05. And what I urge you to do is... Pause the video, go back to the chart after you read the notes and see what happened around the numbers that I say or indicate are important. If I say something is support, what happens? If I say something is resistance, what happens? If you're at all active in the market during the trading day, you want to at least prove or disprove the case for yourself. As we get closer to the opening bell, 921, is 360 give or take now resistance? If price is opening below, then yes. Can a trader short a rally back above 360? Yes, but the risk is candles begin closing above and the bulls will quickly reclaim the ball. Trick and Company will try like heck to suck in as many traders to the wrong side of the market before sending price where they want to go. That's just the psychology of what's happening, especially first thing in the morning. Sometimes we call it a shakeout. It's the same thing. Let's move along. Let's see what else is going on after the open. No surprise, we had the war games at 360, the big fat round number. Traders willing to put on risk to the short side over 360 would have already done so. Let's get to some brass tacks. Five minute chart, right at the vertical, today's activity. You certainly know the routine by now. Where did they open the day? Opening print is 359.96. They spike it to a high of 360.15, and sell off to the first area of support. Now, I know it's not easy to do, but in the end, it's everything that was mapped out before the opening bell. Moving right along. And here you can see 358.75. This is after they've already been coming down. 358.75 is the former high. They came close already and bounced. Below that is the gap, yada, yada, yada. You can read and pause the video and go back to the charts to see what happened. By 10 o'clock, traders Short should be taking more profit. That wasn't the first time I suggested taking profit. I am an interested buyer below 358, closer to 357.50, somewhere in there. They never got there, so I never bought down there, but that's what I was planning to do. If they don't give me my number, I am not willing to chase the market. Why? Because 9 out of 10 times when you chase the market, you end up taking one in the shorts moving right along. 10 12 above 359 and a quarter, they can try and recapture 360, and we know what's going to happen if they can get back above 360 and the current high of day at the time was 36015, line in the sand. If they get above that and start closing candles above that, The bulls take the ball, and that's the end of the story. Whether or not they finish red or green on the day, if the bulls have the ball, the bulls have the ball. Moving right along. It got real quiet. We had a couple of stocks on the move trigger as the morning went along, IQ and BSX. We will review those charts in a moment. What's above the morning high, we like to call that no man's land. It's the spot in between the morning high, like from today, and the gap left open from yesterday. It's no man's land, and the closer they get to the gap, the more magnetic the gap becomes. Where have you heard that before? You've heard it here before. Why? Because it's true. It's not because I'm saying it, it's because we watch it happen. Talking a little bit about BSX and some other stuff, you can read this on your own, pause the video, go back to the charts. Now they're working on 362. No surprise, just being a tour guide at that point in time. We'll comment about IQ again. Here's a range slightly after lunchtime, 360 to 362. And by the way, you'll see here, 362 is the next area of overhead resistance. Back on the chart, 362, the horizontal line on top of your screen. They never did get there, but 362 was cited as resistance anyway. We're moving along into the end of the day. How about we take a look at stocks on the move Two hit their price objectives today. We had a little bit of a list, but when the market's gapping down, I have to use numbers that are a little bit farther away. And when the market stays down, meaning it sells a little more in the morning than it did today, we would normally get a few more trades under our belt. You've seen the days where the market's getting killed. Sometimes we'll pick up six, seven trades in that day Today, Two hit their targets, IQ, and BSX is listed as jump the first target. That's an interesting one. We'll talk about that a little bit later when we get to the chart. But the second entry was certainly active at 3410. We're going to take a look at these two charts now, starting with BSX. Now, check this out. This is so interesting. I point this out whenever it happens. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences whatsoever. So BXX is getting a haircut at the open and the opening print. So this was put on the board bright and early, 3550, but the opening print happens to be 3549. Here's the stock with the pre-market data. You can see what was going on right before the opening bell. What were they doing? They were bantering about eating time off the clock at 3550. Now, sometimes when they do that, They shoot up right after the opening bell, and sometimes they open below and keep going lower. That's why the numbers are important, and that's why it's no joke when I say opening above, opening below. If it opens below, it's off the table. Here's a 15-minute chart back to the regular session. So what happened? They opened below. If you're painting by the numbers, what happened? The next number on the board that we focus on was 3410. They come into 3410, they make a low of 3398, just 12 cents below. They turn around back in the other direction, and a trader could have gotten somewhere close to a buck if they wanted it. Either way, it was an easy base hit, maybe even a double. There's a reason for everything, there's a method to the madness. The numbers are there for a reason. How about IQ? Not so great 2373 on the board bright and early the stock spent a lot of time underneath that number but not really getting too far away Rallied back to get over the number when we got to 2373 you might have seen in the notes I said traders can scratch out traders choice at that point in time. They basically did a great job at waterboarding today with IQ. It's like torture waiting for these things to start bouncing or rallying above the number. Sometimes. Today was one of those days. No harm, no foul. IQ was a dud. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Very interesting chart. So they didn't fill the gap. Similar story we talked about with the SPY. Maybe that's bullish behavior. Maybe it's not. When they come back down... To check in at the gap or run a test, you have to be weary since they already came close. But right now, we have no choice but to read this chart as bullish. What did they do? They went to the gap, they turned around short of the gap, and they finished at the high of the day or very close to the high of the day. Guess what? That's bullish behavior, bar none. What was Monday's high? How about 178.10? What was the close today? How about 178.46? How you doing? So I showed you the 240-minute and the 120-minute chart of the SPY. We built a case on the bull side. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We look at both sides, but that was the bull case. Now we have more evidence of a bull case. Why? A, the IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. Duh, we already know that. And then the activity or the price action we just talked about today, finishing above last Monday's high, the reversal today, not filling the gap, those are all on the bull side of the ledger. So you couple my favorite market-leading indicator having this kind of day, you couple with the 120 and 240-minute chart of the SPY, and you see where this is going. We start to compile the evidence What about the folks down at the transportation department? Talk about evidence. Here we are at another new recent high, not to mention a new all-time high. They're above last Monday's tail candle. We had follow-through from yesterday's positive day. Is that bearish or bullish behavior? Well, obviously, it's on the bull side of the ledger. Not only is the transports my second favorite market-leading indicator, but here it comes, A number one, canary in the coal mine are the transports falling apart no are they in an uptrend above all the moving averages is the trend your friend yeah i think so you see where this is going right out to silicon valley and a different looking chart now we're back in the camp similar not the same but similar to the spy where we basically start running a test up the breakdown candle this is the candle from last monday it's this candle right here so they haven't yet gotten through how about the 120-minute chart? Well, we can make a case that here was an important area. So I'm going to call this a failed breakout area. So the market gapped up. So this was essentially a bull flag kind of pattern. And you would expect a continuation move in the northern direction. They tried that. They failed and came back down. So either way, breakout or break down is essentially what this was. What the market has recently done is run back up to run a test of the former breakdown area. So here we go. They're eating time off the clock. They're either going to get rejected at said area or they're going to eat time off the clock, building energy to make another push higher and once again, try to break out from these price levels. How about the XLF? So for one, we know above 2680, that's bullish Period, full stop. What did they do today? They went up to fill a gap, and you can see what happened here. It's pretty obvious. The gap happens to be 27.63, and today's high is what? 27.64. Any accidents or coincidences? We all know the answer. I just have to say it over and over again because that way it gets drilled into your head how the market really works, that nothing that happens is an accident. How about Smash Mouth? Not so great today, down 1%, but Look where it is on the chart. It's way above all the moving averages. So the problem here is Smashmouth can get killed and still stay in an uptrend above all the moving averages. So we're going to say it was down about 1% today. We're not going to make more out of it until and unless they get below and they start closing below yesterday's low and the gap from the day prior. That would coincide with the same gaps we discussed early in the video on the other charts.